We turn now to our scripture lesson for this evening. It's found, first of all, the New Testament lesson is found in the book of John, the first chapter, the first 14 verses. This is what the Bible says in John 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He, he came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I would like to address our attention, particularly this afternoon in this sermon, to the opening verses of the Bible, the first six verses of the Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning. The first day. And God said, let there be a expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water 
under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the material that we have just read in the first chapter of the Bible, and then the first 14 verses of the book of John, announced to us the reality of creation. The creation of the universe, the creation of this earth upon which we stand this evening. And I just want to take a moment to mention why it was that I chose this subject for tonight. And those of you who were here this morning, you know we talked about Christian education this morning, education this morning, and this evening, creation. And I do that because it suddenly struck me when I was asked to preach here on this particular Sunday, the 2nd of September. This is part of the startup time for the people of God. It's a startup time within the schools. And it's a startup time within our mission to the world. And that's why this morning I talked about the tremendous significance of the mission that God has given us to be involved in. And this evening, I think with you about creation. Perhaps the most fundamental, foundational reality that there is in all of reality that the divine power of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, came together to create, to create the trees from which the wood is built within a place like this. But this is almost nothing when we think about before creation occurred. What was there? It is perhaps stupid for me even to ask the question, but perhaps it needed to be answered this way. Before creation, there was only the, the God who was a spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, we are at this point in a, in a place where we are making our imagination come into the picture. But we do know that there was a time when this God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he created the universe so that when we look at it, we say to each other, God has made this. 
When we look at nature, we say to it, if we may do so as Psalm 148 does, praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. And we think of this tonight in terms of the fact that this morning we were remembering that, look, we are the church of God. We are the people of God. We are, and I say this in all humility, but I say it only because it's true, we are what we are only because God moved into our lives, not because of any intrinsic value that we have as human beings. It is what he did. He made us his children. And we think of that. But we are now called to recognize that all of reality around us, God has brought into being. And he despises, disdains, and may I say even hates those who for whatever reason say that God had nothing to do with the creation of material reality. That is a terrible sin to say that and to think that because God is the one who made it all. And the very first words of the Bible tell us in the beginning, whatever that beginning was, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I mentioned creation tonight and I want to talk about creation tonight. This morning we talked about the mission of the church, its mission in the world today to go out to the ends of the earth to tell people about Jesus, to tell people about the cross, and to invite them to become those who receive the mercy and the grace of Jesus. But we also have an institution among us called the Christian school. The Christian school. And we can tend to sort of take it for granted as maybe something that we have dreamed up somehow. That, well, those of you who know our history well, you know that we have a kind of a background in a certain country overseas. And these people came here and they had Christian schools there and it might be good to have a few of them here as well. But the reason that we have Christian schools is that we are obligated to make sure that our children, grandchildren, 
even great-grandchildren, realize that when they look around them, they are looking at something God made, that it's His creation. It's what He did. And we are obligated to learn about it, to study it, and to live our lives in the light of that wisdom which He gives us as He enables us to understand this is my Father's world in which I live. And I am obligated to deal with it always. There's that which He has made. I must confess that I've gone to Christian schools myself as a young boy. Oh, I missed kindergarten in a Christian school. I went to another kind, and I missed it in the first, but the second grade. And I can look back, and I can be thankful that that is true, and, and that's fine. There are other people like myself who can trace their beginnings as they began to think in a Christian school. One of the most important persons in my life was a man by the name of Edward Vermont. And when we were in school, we didn't have enough money that we could each have a, each classroom could have its own classroom. He was my teacher for four grades, six, seventh, eight, and nine. And I consider him one of the most formative people in my life. I can see him as clearly as I can see you sitting here right now. He was a man who limped a little bit because his leg wasn't quite what it ought to be. But he taught us what it meant to look at the world in the light of the word of the living God. And I mention him now simply as a representative of all those who have dedicated themselves to this vocation. And we honor them too, just now, as they are getting back to their holy office of teaching God's children to look at the world in the light of the word of the living God. We must be assured that Christian education is not a kind of strange phenomena that some people of different backgrounds want to continue for their children, but we must understand that the only education that ultimately will bring glory to God and bring the truth to the people of God is that education which recognizes from the get-go that its ultimate authority is this word that we have read tonight that tells us about the authority of the living God in the creation of the world. What would the alternative be if we did not have Christian education? And if I am being 
too strong on this. I pray that you will forgive me, but as I have been reflecting on this, it seems as if you look at creation, you look at the splendors of it, all the marvels of it, and you do not recognize that the only reason it's here is because the Almighty God, the very same one who sent us Jesus Christ, the very same God who in the New Testament, the book of John, which we read a few moments ago, makes very clear that when God created the world, he created it through his Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Savior, but he's also the Creator. Now, if people study the world and seek to understand creation and deny that it has anything to do with Almighty God, what does their study become? What do their reflections become? It is almost as if education itself becomes a kind of cursed reality. When you have something important in front of you that God has made, that God has designed with an intricacy that makes clear to us that it could only have come out of the mind of divinity itself. And you say, it is just an expression of material reality. That's all it is. That's all it is. Then the very process of education itself becomes the opposite of what God wants it to be. In addition to that, if we deny creation, the next step we take is that we say in our depths that it is just an accident. Just an accident. This is really another name for evolution, just an accident that came into being without explanation. As we may have a car accident in one case or another, and we call it an accident, but in connection with the universe, and we think of it spreading into distances that we cannot even comprehend, but we say, it just happened. That's all. It just happened. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, if a person has to live with that kind of a basic presupposition, there will come a point when that person 
will also say, and I am just an accident. I'm just some kind of strange configuration of material reality that happened nobody knows why. Suddenly, everything is destroyed. We were talking about missions this morning, and this evening we're talking about education. We're talking about Christian education. And when we talk about Christian education, one of the big problems we have is that we tend to think that the people who look at us, they say, you've got some kind of ethnic pride or something. You've got some kind of a, a superiority complex that, that feels you, you, you've got to acknowledge God when you study the world, when you study matter, when you study ethical conduct. You have to be thinking about God. It's sort of a neurosis, something that probably could be cleared up with a proper counsel but it will make reality itself a unique and interesting form of foolishness, something which has no point, no reason to exist. It simply happened. Some of you know we've, we've moved to Hartsfield Village and we've got a little porch there, and we discovered a new enemy. The enemy are these swallowtails who come and make, make places for their home where we prefer they were not being made. And uh, we're learning to adjust to this in our old age, but it's strictly an accidental reality. And if you say that evolution simply came into existence, everything about it is an accident. And so it is that when we think of Christian schools, this is what we should be thinking about tonight, and this is what I really want to be thinking about tonight. Why do we have these schools? We have these schools in order to bring God the glory and the praise for the fact that he has created the universe, that he is the one behind all this. And I mentioned a teacher, for example, who meant a great deal to me, and I remember how in the morning he would start out with this book and he would read something in it, and we would have our prayers together before we would go on with our studies. But in doing that, he announced that everything else that we did in that school was related to this book. All of it was related to that. And when you begin to see that reality in Christian education, you realize that you cannot be without it. If that is not true, that God is the creator of those things which we study when we come together in a Christian school, then again, 
what meaning does it have? It becomes almost a form of human comedy because here you have these human beings learning about a matter, about matter, learning about mathematics, learning about all these other things, and then one day they will perish, these dear people who were students then, and it will be gone. But when you see a relationship between the true God and the world in which we live and the marvel of the study that we can be involved in, your life goes to a different level and you begin to see the fact that what you learn about your mind and about the way that it can grasp facts, but the way that it can grasp truths about God, but the way that it can grasp realities that cannot even be put into words, you feel them, you sense them, and you say to yourself, God is making this clear to me. If that is not true, then every individual, when they draw their last breath, their last breath is an expression of a tragedy that they were living in God's world and they never realized that it was God's world and the same world that they were learning about God in would somehow be carried forward into an eternity which is described in the Bible as the new heavens and the new earth the new heavens and the new earth. There is a connection between the eternal future of those who believe that God is the creator. They know that. And you can get sick sometime and you can feel miserable and you can even have things go wrong with your mind. You just like to be finished with everything. All that is true, but down deep inside, you know that the very God who gives you the ability to feel this way sometime, when you're deeply disappointed and filled with the horror of what's happening even in your own life, but you can say, Lord, I know that my Redeemer lives and I'm going to spend eternity with him. Do you see? There's an absolute difference between education that by law prohibits you to talk about Jesus 
prohibit you. We've got some strange things happening right now. I've understand, I, I hear this in, in this, not this community, this specific one, but in Indiana, some of the things where, where public schools are saying, we don't want any Christian music in this school. We don't want any choir to come in that has a Christian message. And when you take God out of education, purposely, deliberately, you are committing a sin that is serious beyond description. And so this morning we talked about what it meant to worship God on September 2. And we recognize together that on September 2, churches get rolling and their mission to the world is extraordinarily significant. But this evening, we remember together that September 2 is when the schools start again. And they will be busy from now on. And what will they be teaching? And this evening, we remember the significance of schools where a teacher opens with prayer and where a teacher carefully establishes the relationship between human life now and the divinity of the Creator. When you have teaching that recognizes that all of the expanse of human learning basically arises out of the intricacy and the beauty and the wonder and the glory of the glorious creation that God has made. And you sense the power of God's presence in the world in which we live. I don't want to sound particularly and especially opposed to education that is public. I know there are people working hard there, but this evening we are here in the Church of Jesus Christ, and we have this book which the Holy Spirit wrote open on this podium. And this makes very clear to us, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Let there be light, and there was light, and we see this. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we've seen His glory. This is Jesus who created the world at the bidding of His Father. And so as our schools get underway again, we're beginning an enterprise that is exciting and holy and glorious. And I believe 
that we may remind ourselves if we were to give our children and grandchildren an education which purposely removed the witness of Jesus, the creator of all, we would be failing our God on the deepest level. But if we recognize that as these schools begin, oh, I know they're not perfect by any means, but that principle upon which they are built, that God created the heavens and the earth, and we can only honor him properly if as we study, we bring our praise to our great Redeemer. Education that denies the validity of Christ's claim upon it is a form of profanity. It's a kind of institutional cursing that says, yes, we will study everything that there is to know, but we will deny that Almighty God created it. And we will study all the things that human beings can do but we will deny that these things can be done without the Holy Spirit of the living God. My brothers and sisters, Christian schools are not a relic of the past. They are absolutely necessary day and the Christian community that educates its children in the fear of the Lord will marvel at the way God will use them in his great mission. Amen. Oh God, we thank you that a day like today comes in which we can sort of feel how things are gearing up again for the rest of the year in business, in education, in our lives, and in your mission to the world. And so, dear God, we pray that you'll take your word today as we have looked at it and sought to think about it. You'll use it mightily in our hearts and lives and that you will use those who understand that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are the one who is working out your plan, working it out until the day 
when the trumpet sounds and the Creator will come back upon the clouds of glory. Oh, Lord, what a great day that will be. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness is our next.